You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. That's it. You're madder than a junkyard dog, and you're not going to take it anymore. Your feathers are ruffled, your dander's up, and you've got a definite bone to pick. Welcome to Pet Peeves, the show that lets you dig through the dirt and unleash your passion for pets. Why let sleeping dogs lie when you can take the bull by the horns and let the fur fly? So get your claws out and get ready to rattle some cages on Pet Peeves with your host, pet expert, and award-winning author, Amy Shoja. Hey there, and welcome to Pet Peeves on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Amy Shudrai, and today we're seeing eye-to-eye with a special promotion on eye care just for service dogs. Now that brings me to my rant of the week. Service animals offer aid and comfort to thousands of people all over the world, and a service animal's ability to help their human partners depends on them maintaining good health. After all, a guide dog can't help his sight-impaired human navigate if the dog also has trouble seeing. Yet it can be pricey to maintain health in these economically challenging times for both the owners, let alone for their furry partners. So the American College of Veterinary Ophthalmologists recognizes this issue. And they've offered free eye exams for thousands of service animals all across the United States, Canada, and Puerto Rico during a special May 2012 event. This is the fifth annual ACVO slash Marial National Service Dog Eye Exam event. And this special promotion enlists the aid of volunteer board certified veterinary ophthalmologist to perform life-saving eye exams so that these animals can continue to do their important jobs. Now, I'm delighted to introduce you to Dr. Bill Miller. He is a board-certified ophthalmologist participating in the event. Now, Dr. Bill Miller is a board-certified by the American College of Veterinary Ophthalmologists. His undergraduate and graduate studies took place at Louisiana State University, and he graduated with a DVM in 1982. So call all your animal friends, pull up a chair, and we'll be right back with Dr. Miller after these messages. Okay, time to call off the dogs. Pet Peeves will be back with more biting topics right after we kibble a little with our sponsors. Petco, where the pets go. Petco, where the pets go. Pet Life Radio has tail wagging, fur flying, fabulous deals for our listeners from Petco. Get $6 off your order of $60 or more and up to 40% off the entire Petco site. That's right. But that's not all. Because you're a Pet Life Radio listener, you'll also get free shipping on your order of $49 or more. $6 off, up to 40% off, and free shipping from Pet Life Radio and Petco. To get these awesome deals, go to PetcoDeals.com. That's PetcoDeals.com. Petco, where the pets go. I don't make any decisions about who to hire without going to Angie's List first. You'll find reviews on home repair to health care written by people just like you. With Angie's List, I know who to call, and I know the results will be fantastic. Angie's List you can trust. Go to Angie'sList.com forward slash best and get 25% off any subscription. That's Angie'sList.com forward slash best. B-E-S-T. 
Hi, this is Marcy Davis and my service dog, Whistle, and we're your hosts of Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Working Like Dogs is the show where you can learn everything you ever wanted to know about working animals or working dogs. Whether you're a member of a working dog team or you've just seen a working dog or animal out at the mall or the grocery store and you're curious about how these amazing animals work with their human partners, then Working Like Dogs is the show for you. Join us for the inside scoop at Working Like Dogs on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're foaming at the mouth to get back to pet peeves. So here's Amy with some more tail-tying, fur-flying fun. Welcome back to Pet Peeves on Pet Life Radio. And please help me welcome Dr. Bill Miller, a veterinary ophthalmologist, here to tell us about a special eye care event available for service animals. Welcome to the show, Dr. Miller. Thank you for having me. I always like to start out the show, sir, with just a wide open question about what companion animals do you have? What shares your life and love and maybe your pillow? Oh, Lord, I don't know if I've got enough time to. My wife and I and, and our three kids, we've got four dogs. We have a four-dog limit in our household. Most of my guys are elderly dogs, and they tend to get uh, they're, they're what I call throwaway dogs, people that decided for one reason or another they can't live at their house, they come live at mine. We've got three cats, three ducks, uh, about 50 chickens, and uh, 11 horses, and a donkey. That's pretty much comprises our, our brood. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think it's like potato chips. You can't stop with just one. Well, that's why we had to put a four-dog limit. Otherwise, I'd have 100. Well, this isn't the first year for this special program. So I wanted to ask, how did the program come about when it launched in 2008? And and how many service animals have you actually helped during that time? Those are great questions. This is the fifth year that we've had the ACBO Mariel uh, service dog eye campaign. Veterinary ophthalmologists across the country, we've pretty much, as a, as a group, have always volunteered our time to look at service dogs. And one of the reasons we decided to concentrate on it is because we were recognizing that there's probably a lot of service dogs out there that their owners didn't know they were having problems or were about to have problems. And what we'd like to do is, is to identify those problems before they, they become so severe that they take the service dog uh, out of function. You know, these animals are so valuable. You know, in your introduction, you mentioned about the value, not only to the people that, they, that they're partnered with, but a lot of the service dogs we look at, for example, the police dogs, the uh, search and rescue dogs, the drug dogs, the uh, bomb, bomb explosive detection dogs, they really support the entire country. And so we wanted to make sure that those animals' eyes that they need every day to do their job were healthy and able to prevent some problems that may take these dogs out of service. Well, that brings me to the next question then. What are the specific goals of the event? I know it's, of course, to preserve the site, but does it go beyond that? It does. That's our primary goal. And our second goal, active. Uh, We would like to be able to identify dogs that are in particular types of service that may predispose their eyes to injury, do things so that we can keep those down in the future from suffering those eye injuries. For example, we know a lot of dogs had some some eye issues when uh, 9-11 occurred. 
Sure. And yet, there are things that we can probably recognize that we can develop protocols for in the future so that these dogs are put in those same situations, we can prevent some of my problems from occurring. So it's not just helping the dogs of today, but the animals of the future and helping to give some safety issues to our whole country. That's right. You know, we just don't know what kind of uh, occupational hazards that these dogs face on a routine basis that may cause them to have some eye problems. And if we can do something to prophylactically prevent these issues from occurring, then we'll really, you know, be able to help the dogs in the future before they have an eye problem. Okay, I want to play devil's advocate just a little bit here. Surely most service dogs get a regular checkup from their local veterinarians. So why is it so important for a board-certified specialist to provide these exams? What are the extra benefits people can expect? Well, most primary care veterinarians do a great job. They just do. But kind of like you go to your family doctor, and if your family doctor has training in, the, in your overall health care, but he doesn't have the specialized training that it would take to examine your eyes and to be able to make a diagnosis and recommendation. An ophthalmologist who's gone through the extra training will be able to pick up very subtle changes before they become problematic. I put it to you this way, I've been doing ophthalmology so long that all my animals see my primary care veterinarian. I don't do my own work because I just haven't kept up with that. It takes all my time and training and understanding just to keep up with what's going on in the, in the eye world in order to do my job. Well, how do veterinarians become board certified then as a, for instance, a veterinary ophthalmologist? And I know there are, there's a whole slew of different specialties in veterinary medicine today. There are. First, uh, a student has to finish their, their DVM or their veterinary training. Once that's done, most budding ophthalmologists seek an internship. Once the internship is completed, they apply for a residency. The uh, American College of Veterinary Ophthalmologists is very careful in the ophthalmology training. There's specific guidelines. That training goes for a period of three years, and then once the training is over, the, the person who has completed their residency can then apply to be tested to become a certified ophthalmologist. That testing includes both an oral exam and a practical exam as well as a written exam to make sure that they've completed all the standards necessary to become a board-certified ophthalmologist. Okay, you touched a little bit earlier on this, on the different types of service animals that have been helped over the years, and I just wanted to revisit that a little bit. I looked at some of the information on the website, and you talked about you know TSA, the Transportation Security Agency, military dogs from Lackland Air Force Base in Texas, puppies behind bars. Maybe people don't even recognize that these are some of the uh, some of the programs that this special promotion actually helps. It's amazing. I didn't know there were so, so many types of service dogs out there until I got involved. There's a group of dogs that I've just kind of fallen in love with here in, in my area in Memphis called the Diabetic Assistance Dogs. Yes. And these dogs pick up subtle changes in, in insulin regulation and glucose regulation in their, in their partners that, that test before they even partner knows they're having issues. The search and rescue dogs here in Memphis, uh, I've been looking at them since the program began. You know, those are dogs that go in when there's been a tornado or, or a tragedy and, and help find individuals. There's the cadaver dogs that we look at, dogs that are trained specifically to find individuals who are deceased. The explosives dogs, the, the accelerant dogs, 
that are the accelerant dogs are interesting that we have one dog here in Memphis that I've looked at is licensed to detect 27 different accelerants that an arsonist may use to start a fire. Wow. And, uh, and, and that dog certified up to the highest court in the land. So it's, uh, it's a wide array of dogs. Also the, the therapy dogs, the certified therapy dogs, which you know, especially is, is good here in Memphis where we have uh, St. Jude Hospital. Uh, and these dogs go in there and kind of brighten up the day of some of these kids. And so it's a wide range of, of service dogs that are out there, more than just what people think about relatives commonly comes to mind as the guide dogs. Well, on that note, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be back in a moment to continue our conversation with Dr. Miller after these messages from our sponsors. Okay, time to call off the dogs. Pet Peeves will be back with more biting topics right after we kibble a little with our sponsors. Every pet is unique. Maybe they're gray in the muzzle, yet young at heart. Maybe they're growing out of the puppy stage and into their paws and ears. Or maybe they're just trying to maintain a more girlish figure. At PetSmart, we have the right food for your pet at a great value for you. PetSmart. Be better together. Go to PetLifeRadio.com slash PetSmart and save up to 30% on toys, collars, leashes, PetSmart gift cards, treats, and more. Go to PetLifeRadio.com slash PetSmart today. The new Dyson Animal Vacs are powerful bagless upright vacuums for homes with pets. Air muscle and radio root cyclone technology generates the strongest suction power to powerfully remove dust, dirt, and pet hair from the home or car. To order your Dyson Animal Vac, go to PetLifeRadio.com forward slash Dyson. PetLifeRadio.com forward slash Dyson. To order your Dyson Animal Vac today. Dyson. Music to your ears. I'm not much of a reader, but I do wish I were more well-read. There are so many great books coming out. I wish I could find a way to keep up. Audible.com makes it easy to stay well-informed and catch up on your reading simply by listening. Audiobooks from Audible turn downtime into uptime. You'll be more productive and become well-read. Now I'm able to catch up on all the great books I've been wanting to read. With Audible, I feel smarter. Pet Life Radio listeners, try audible.com now and get your first 30 days of Audible Listener Gold Membership plan free. And get a free audiobook. Choose from over 100,000 titles. To get this great deal, go to audibledeals.com. That's audibledeals.com. Pets can be a wonderful addition to your life because they're a member of the family. Keeping them healthy and happy is important. Pet Life Radio presents The Pet Doctor with veterinary media consultant and veterinarian Dr. Bernadine Cruz. Whether you have a dog, cat, reptile, or rabbit, you'll find answers for your pets straight from the vets. The Pet Doctor, on demand every week, only on PetLifeRadio.com. PetLifeRadio.com Pet 
We know you're foaming at the mouth to get back to pet peeves. So here's Amy with some more tail-tying, fur-flying fun. We're back. And again, speaking with Dr. Bill Miller, a board-certified ophthalmologist, and he's affiliated with the 5th Annual National Service Dog Eye Exam event that's taking place this May. Now, he became an ACVO board-certified veterinary ophthalmologist in 1986, and he's been a member of the Public Relations Committee from 2006 to the present, and he's been the chair for the past four years. Oh my goodness, I didn't realize I was talking with the actual chair of the program. This is great. His current research interest includes corneal physiology and corneal wound healing. He's an active diplomate of the college and is available for presentations to the public. So if anyone out there is listening and would like to contact Dr. Miller about giving a presentation, I'm sure he would be interested in speaking with you. Dr. Miller, I wanted to touch on, you said that oftentimes the veterinary ophthalmologist is able to detect things that the owner partner would not recognize, and maybe even the dog themselves is not aware that there's something wrong. What are some of the common eye problems that might affect a service dog, or dogs in general, and how might an owner recognize that there's an issue? Well, sometimes owners may notice very subtle things. For example, a a guide dog client of mine noticed that their dog was a little hesitant going to the left. And in that dog, we found a mass inside the eye that we were able to remove and, and restore that dog back to function. Wow. Some things are even more more uh, subtle. It may just be some discharge or redness or um, uh, squinting or, or in bright light or, or some, you know anything like that that seems to be a little bit out of the ordinary. You know, an owner should bring it to their veterinarian's attention. And if their veterinarian can't come up with an answer that may be causing problems, you know, almost all of your primary care providing veterinarians will uh, have contact or be able to uh, access a veterinary ophthalmologist to uh, consult with them even if they don't need to refer the case. I know when I when I speak with uh, with folks about their cats or their dogs, I often tell them know what is a normal behavior for your animal companion so that if there's any deviation, that's a wake up call. Hey, something may be wrong. Let's get it checked. You bet, and I, and I tell I tell all my clients, you're never wrong to call. It's nothing, and you come in a hundred times, and it's nothing that won't bother me a bit. But it's the one time that you don't want to bother me that it does turn out to be something. That's the time that we really need to see the dog. And unfortunately, since our canine partners can't pick up the phone and dial themselves, they kind of have to rely on us to make those well, it's my understanding also that that an eye issue, it's really not a wait-and-see proposition. Those those are types of situations that you really need to get on top of that right away or some severe damage, non-reversible damage, potentially could be done. That's correct, and we stress that point that if there's a concern, we're concerned. And that's one thing I really like about this program where we're examining the, the service dogs is that if we can pick up these problems before they have to be addressed more aggressively, we keep that dog in service and uh, not have to take that dog out of service for a period of time while he recovers from an eye surgery or an eye treatment. All right. Is this service only for dog service animals? What about guide horses for the blind or other assistance animals? Well, it's primarily a service dog program, but... 
several ophthalmologists across the country are looking at service horses. They kind of do that on a personal basis, but our major emphasis is, is on the service dogs. Well, how do animals qualify then? I mean, not just anybody can say, oh, well, I take my fluffy dog to visit my great aunt Gretchen in the nursing home. That's a great point. And to find out if, if a service dog qualifies, go to www.acvoiexam.org. It's all one word. And they can find out if their particular animal is a qualifying animal. We have to limit it to qualified animals simply because that's going to keep our database for future recommendations intact and be able to make good recommendations in the future. So while, yes, there's a lot of dogs out there that do great things and are very valuable companions to their owners, we have to limit it to dogs that have been through a certification process. So they must be active working animals certified through a formal training program like Delta Society or one of the very well-known organizations. That's correct, and, and all that is listed on the website find out if your animal qualifies. So how can listeners with service animals register for this event? All they have to do is go to www.acvoiexam, that's all one word, .org, and they can not only sign up there, find out if their animal qualifies, but also find a participating ophthalmologist in their area. Oh, so they don't have to necessarily travel across the country. There may be some practicing ophthalmologists that are participating in the program in their own neck of the woods. That's right, and once they sign up, they'll get a list of of veterinary ophthalmologists closest to them who are participating. Currently, there's probably close to 200 veterinary ophthalmologists across the country that are participating in the program. Great, and I noticed on the website it says registration ends April 30th, so folks need to go ahead and get online now. That's right. Go ahead and get signed up now and get on the schedule, and uh, we'll get you in and get your animal looked at. It just doesn't take very long to get it done, and, it, and again, it's at no cost to the partner. Now, this program, of course, would not be possible without the participation of all of those board-certified veterinary ophthalmologists. They are volunteers across the country, but it is also corporate sponsors that make this possible by funding the time and the, the equipment and all of that good stuff that goes into these exams. Can you tell us a little bit about the good guys of this program behind the scenes? Who are some of the sponsors? I'm so glad you asked that. One of the major sponsors, whose program is co-named after Mariel Pharmaceuticals, they don't even have an ophthalmic product that ophthalmologists use. It just shows their kind of corporate responsibility and corporate philanthropism to, uh, to share this and to provide the resources necessary to allow ophthalmologists to volunteer their time and, and examine the eyes. There's a number of other sponsors on there that uh, also participate and without, and you'll see all their names at, on the on the website. And without their care and concern, none of us could do what we're able to provide these service dogs. Like I think I also saw that uh, there are many nonprofit supporters, including the the AVMA itself, and are helping to support with this uh, this organization. That's right, and you know I've also got to thank people such as yourself who provided time on their radio programs and and in print media to get the word out to service dogs and and their owners. We would like to look at every service dog in the country and and make sure that there's no problems going on there 
that we need to address or prevent and uh, keep these animals in service for as long as possible, helping not only their direct partner, but helping all of us. Great. Well, is there anything that I've overlooked that you feel is really important for listeners to understand about this program in particular, or, you know, pet eye health and care in general? Well, you made a great point, is that know your animal, know how they feel and act on a daily basis, and if you see something that concerns you about an animal, your own animal's eye problems, then contact your primary care provider. Your primary care provider will, will have access to a veterinary ophthalmologist that they can consult with or refer you to. I can't mention the website enough, but that's where we sign up, and that's www.acvoiexam.org. That's where you find out if your animal qualifies and how to sign up and also to find a participating ophthalmologist in your area. All right. Well, we will make sure that that website is included on the guest page for this particular show. So, folks, if you're listening, you can uh, go to www.petliferadio.com and click on the Pet Peeves logo. Find out all the good information about this wonderful program. Uh, we are out of time, though, but and I would like to thank Dr. Bill Miller and the producers for making Pet Peeves possible. Now, I dare you to join me next week for Pet Peeves on Pet Life Radio for more topics that make you sit up and wag with delight. Woofs and purrs until next time. Now, remember, service animals provide the help we need to enrich our lives, keep us safe, and help us stay physically and emotionally well. It's up to us, though, to make sure they stay healthy, too, from bright eyes to bushy tails including the help of the veterinary specialist when needed. After all, you don't want them to get peeved. That's it. You're madder than a junkyard dog, and you're not going to take it anymore. Your feathers are ruffled, your dander is up, and you've got a definite bone to pick. Join us each week on Pet Peeves, the show that lets you dig through the dirt and unleash your passion for pets. Your host, pet expert and award-winning author, Amy Shojai, will talk about what makes you howl and what hisses you off. Pet Peeves, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.